0: What up everybody, this is Charlie Maverick and this is the Backyard Pitmaster Podcast. I'm your host and I'm glad you can be with me today. Here to talk about live fire cooking and some nice good experiences that I've had over the past week or so that I wanted to share with you some mishaps. (laughs) There there have been some mishaps with some... uh, you know, technical issues trying to get some video recorded, and uh, I'm going to talk to about you know a couple of things that I've experienced on my uh, travels back to Charleston, South Carolina. Yes, so I want to thank you guys for joining me again on another live show. You could be doing anything else in this virtual world, but you are here with me, and I appreciate that. Thank you for tuning in. I want to invite you to follow me on social media at Twitter, on Twitter, at Charlie Maverick. Please do that so you can hear all the crazy banter I'm having back and forth with other content creators. Big up with my homies that are also doing big things, and, you know, just giving behind the scenes like little you know photos of cooks and everything and we we'll talk about things that matter in the world oh yeah and some funny stuff here and there so if you want to be a patron of the channel show love to your homeboy charlie maverick please do so by going to that support link it is anchor.fm forward slash mavcast forward slash support oh man and let me tell you i'm i was i was so i was so 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 upset that i couldn't See my homeboy in person, but I did experience another round of them Charleston Chewies. And if you were in Charleston, South Carolina, on a vacation or just visit a family, however, you got there, visit the homeboy at Daddy's Barrels Bakery at 2021 Reynolds Avenue, Suite B 102. I'm telling you, that stuff's addictive. Emma partner in crime when it comes to content creation support my homeboy at the brown sugar cafe terrence p.l more doing great things out there in the content verse what do we have here we have me you talking about live fire are you ready to talk about some good stuff yeah all right so i'm gonna turn that down for a second so it's just me and you talking right So I've been to Charleston, South Carolina, visiting, going to my homeboy, Maurice Miller's 40th birthday party. Big up to the homie. You know, he's slightly older than the rest of the crew. We catch it up to you, man. It was nice seeing everyone. (laughs) You know, one thing I got to tell you about is I hate driving from Atlanta to Charleston. It's not the fact that it's the length of time it takes to get there, although I am getting less, you know, I'm getting, I don't want to be on the road too long, you know? And what I found out is there's two things that I hate about driving back and forth to Charleston. Um, First of all, first and foremost, there's always an accident on i 26 it doesn't matter if you're coming or going. There's always a slowdown that I find. And lo and behold, I mean, I was making good time. I was making really good time going to Charleston. I was going, driving into GMC, just me, and, me and the terrain going, booking it, booking it. I was averaging about 75, 80. I mean, it was sweet. They handled the road nice. It was the first time on the long trip like that. So everything was fine. Soon as I got out of Columbia, wow, well, slow down. Instead of 30-minute slowdown, it was more like an hour slowdown. And it was multiple points of, like, stoppage, <laughs> you know? It was like you had three or four accidents in a, in a like, straight-up line in a, I think maybe in a five-mile radius. It was awful. Always slows me down. And then I had a slowdown coming back in town on I-20. So I-20, you know, I-20 is like one of those highways that at different parts, it's not fun, (laughs) should I say. I don't know. Getting out of Atlanta is a beast in itself, trying to go with the knuckleheads, you transition off of I-20. uh, 285, and then you get on the I20. And you're like, ah, oh, well, at least I got past that. You, you start on that long stretch on the I20. It's a long, boring stretch. Oh god, oh god, you got to have some good music or something in your ear. And it's like, man, at some point in that ride, you're, you gotta, you got to you got to stop halfway. Like what I do is I stop it right outside of North Augusta. At like 5, I think it is, and I get off and I stretch my legs. I'm telling you, the if there was more going on with maybe like some twists and turns and whatever, it might have been better. If I go the other way and go like um I-85, I think it is. Yeah, then that's I could go along a stretch of time. I could actually like probably, probably like blow straight through. Charleston no problem because it's more interesting I don't know it keeps your brain more active but I hate going that way because you know I end up having to go through a small town and sometimes the small town has some random traffic or something that delays me or slows me down you know stuff like that but anyway got I, I just hate driving there and back uh, but I did it, you know, uh, but my, one of my homeboys, he, uh, he flew in. I'm like, dang, I did look at trying to get a ticket, but golly, man, uh, back in the day, there were good uh, airline rates between Charleston and Atlanta when AirTran was in business. But when Southwest bought him up and whatever deal with the devil that the Charleston International Air Force Base uh, I mean, not Air Force Base, uh, international airport made with the devil. I don't know. Um, the, the rates are sky high. And the only direct flight you can get is Delta. Delta's great. But you're going to pay Delta. You got to pay Delta prices. It's like paying Apple prices. Or in the grilling world, it's like paying Weber prices. Or Big Green Egg or Jumbo Joe. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, man, it was good being there. I got to, I got a lot of quality time in with friends and family. Oh man, I, I I'm actually surprised I got as much crammed in as I did. I was on the go the whole time. I'm not as young as I used to be. I just want to put that out there. Normally, when I come in town, it's usually action packed, spending time, uh, with both sides of the family, right, and they give equal time. I normally never have enough time to actually go see friends, and you know, ex- you know, other people in the family. Not because uh, I'm held hostage; it's because it's you know, it dedicate time just for that. And it's usually during times when like it's the holidays and people have other plans with the family anyway. So anyway, you know, holidays is usually where we are all. Uh, In the same area, but time, you know, family time, family comes first. You got to do that. So it's been years since I've seen these guys, and it was was awesome. Um, Gotten to the place um, to be at the birthday party. First, let me back up before that. I got a chance to hang out with my mom. You know, it it was funny. First came in and just hung out for a little bit. My mom is the co host of the Cooking Grits podcast. So I got to talk about this a little bit. So, I <laughs> came in and rested. You know, I actually was more rested than I thought I was. Um, I was sipping a little bit on some uh, Crown Royal Apple. Shout out. You know, if you ever grown outside, the drink of choice, no matter what time of year, is Crown Apple. Mm. I'm just saying. you get your life right if you ain't doing it right. But... <laughs> was hanging out with mom outside on the patio, and we're firing up her new grill. She used it a few times. It was a it's a uh, propane uh, part, and then there's a, a a charcoal part. Pretty nice, and the charcoal part is a semi Santa Maria type thing, to where you can lower and lower and raise the great uh, the the actual uh, charcoal basket, so you can get a distance between the meat and the fire. So you can do the little tricks in there and it's enough room to do, um, indirect cooking. It was awesome. So, uh, just so happened. She put some chicken legs on the counter and she was going to grill. them. I'm like, Hey, let's hang out and grill. So that's what we did. Had some music on. We we're sitting outside. Uh, dad was chilling and we was just like, you know, we were, it was hot. <laughs> First of all, oh my god. Oh my god. It's so hot in Charleston. Oh. All right, let me say this. If the temperature on the forecast says let me see. Uh 92 degrees, but on that forecast it actually shows the heat index and it says feels like 111. I need you to just come out and say the temperature is 111 and the humidity is hell level. Nah, because I'm telling you, I don't know. I, I Look, I grew up in Charleston. I know this. I know these people. I, I, I grew up here. Yes, I'm heat fragile. That's what I am. And you're like, oh, you won't have heat fragility <laughs> in front of a grill. I'm like, mind your business. So... Charleston hot is different. Atlanta hot is different. Atlanta is hot, but Charleston's hot. It's just the humidity, it's it's the steam coming off the ocean, I guess. I don't know. But it's very humid. We're out there, we had nice fan chilling and whatever, and we turned on the propane side of the grill and put them chicken legs on there. So what I wanted to do is kind of show how you can get a real good quality chicken leg. If you just willing to put a little extra, a little extra is using that term very loosely, uh, effort and time to kind of baby it along, cook it at in indirect, and you know just let it do what it does, and put it on the warmer rack later, and just let it crisp up. So what we what we did is, um, so I usually do on the charcoal grill. Uh, There was. Uh, we had two end the two end burners. That was, oh, hold on, yeah, is it two end burners that were on, and one of the the middle burner was off. So I laid the chicken on there in a way that it was going to be offset the heat, and I try I started to cook it in batches, but I found a way to actually get everything how I wanted it to be. And it turned out pretty. Well, it turned out to be able to be managed well. So cooked that for a while indirect. I think the total time took took like about an hour and a half. Like man, hour and a half. That's typical for you know me cooking with uh, chicken legs, especially if it's like a whole long pack of chicken legs. You know, I want to make sure the, first of all. First of all, you want to make sure the chicken gets done evenly. You don't want to overcook the outside undercook the middle you know what i'm saying you don't want to have to worry about that that some people overcompensate and they parboil no don't do that please don't do that i always say don't do that there's a general consensus you don't do that um but i like to take it slow and what it does if you take it slow on the on a propane grill it will build a little smoke ring if you do that because the smoke is generating still from let's say the the flame burning on a seasoned grill grate and if you have a nice seasoned grill grate not dirty but you don't like clean the thing with bleach all the time you don't get chemicals on it you kind of season it like a kind of like a cast iron pan and that I mean the heat from everything. As long as, as long as you don't have chemical um, smoke, <laughs> you're good. Trust me. But you get that smoke from the indirect, and then the, the, the drippings of the chicken are still actually, you know, able to produce a little bit of kick up a flame from that because of the residual heat on the, uh, even on the cool side. But it's not high enough to directly heat the chicken at a quick rate. So after a while, I put a little barbecue sauce on there and um, eventually put a couple of them directly on the flame for a little bit, kind of like accelerate the the cooking. Once I knew that the internal temperature was safe, you know, you want to get at least one. This is dark meat. So you want to get at least 170 <laughs> to be oogie, but you want to take it up to as Man, you can cook chicken legs until they get, I don't know, in the low 200, like 205. I'm just saying, as long as you have moisture and you're basting this with, let's say, uh, barbecue sauce. like baste it, keep painting, you know, basting it a little bit, turn it, baste it, turn it, baste it. Or you're spraying it with some um, cooking oil. And what I did is a mixture of that, and I wanted to have a crispy exterior of... The chicken legs, because you don't want rubbery chicken legs. I've got caught slipping doing that a few times. (laughs) But, you know, especially if you you say, yeah, let me cook for you. And they're probably the people that are going to eat the stuff more than you. You know, you want to get to where they want to be at. Eventually, got everything off the grill. It was hot, man. Uh, (laughs) It was definitely hot. But it was nice. We just sat talked um we'll probably talk about it on the cooking grits podcast on the next installment of that so stick around for that and uh man you know that was that was cool uh not temperature wise but just like you know the vibe was cool it was a cool vibe and then went on to uh where did it go so i came in friday did that friday and went over to uh, my brother in law's house. See, my niece and nephew, brother in law, and his family. Everybody, and that was that was cool. The big point on that one is, and he's like, "Why are you bringing that up on a on a on a uh, a freaking grilling podcast?" Yeah, I can't talk today. Leave me alone. Is my brother Roosevelt has acquired a really nice pellet smoker in twenty twenty one. By Traeger. And man, you know, I am not opposed to, you know, venture out and doing other things other than charcoal, but it's not usually my jam to do anything other than charcoal. I'll cook on this stuff, but it's, it's not, I'm not an enthusiast and you know, that the more recent technology of how you cook on the grill you know i'm kind of old school uh i don't know what you you want to call me a hippie i don't know <laughs> i'm a i'm a uh, uh, elitist where to come i don't know whatever you want to say i'm partially that but i'm really open-minded and i'm interested i'm intrigued of how this produces um quality food and how it compares to live fire cooking the more traditional way. Now it's still all live fire cooking. You have a flame. That's a fire. It's live. Ooh, it's living. How, how it was birthed. Hey, I don't know how you got there, you know, but you have an open flame. So judgment should not be made upon the tool that is used. And, you know, I talked to Ben Bullman. that has been on the show and he has a pellet cooker, pit boss, and he loves it. So, I'm partial to learn more about how this works. It was a nice grill. I'm intrigued. i kind of thinking if some money falls, some money falls on my lap and I'm like, hey, let's go get like a super dope, (laughs) you know, present for yourself or investment in some type of, I don't know, you can use this for catering. You get mad, mad consistency from this thing. Set it and forget it for the most part. And you still get a really nice smoke flavor like you had it. It's not going to be like a stick burner. Nothing is going to replace a stick burner. But it's going to give you really consistent quality results. As long as you remember where to set the temperature and, you know, all the regular techniques that you use like the basics you know so you don't burn the stuff dry it out and all that you know but hey that was a really really nice grill had it on a nice big patio or deck if you want to call it um overlooking a huge backyard it was nice it was nice flow right there you know want to get out there and do it It was talking about doing a brisket I was like, man, that's a great idea. We're gonna we're gonna actually try to do that next time we meet up. He did a test brisket that he got from I think it was Harris Teeter in um, Somerville. I think it's Somerville, South Carolina, Harris Teeter, and uh, it turned out. He said it turned out well. It looked pretty damn good. I tell you that much. So um, we'll have to update on the plans to do that. I would love to do a brisket. It's just my wife and I, for the most part here, I could probably uh, give something to Harry. Harry, you'll eat it, you know? You, know? <laughs> you just love when people start to love you cooking. You're like, hey, wait, were you cooking? Hey, I'll be there. <laughs> so, you know, speaking of that, um, it's going to be some update um, plans later for making some spare ribs for a birthday party. But stay tuned to that. Why oh, we take a little break real quick and let's talk about the people that make it possible for me to do this thing here. And that is you. You, you, you. It's all about you. You are the listener. You are the watcher. You are the people that make the podcast happen. I want to thank you for listening to the Backyard Pit and Master podcast and the other podcasts on the Mavcast audio blog, Family of Podcasts. If you would like to follow me on social media, please do so at on Twitter. I always flow with that wrong. Follow me at Charlie Maverick. If you want to support the podcast channel, please, please do so at anchor.fm. Forward slash the Mavcast. Forward slash support. Uh, I would greatly appreciate that. Uh, and I just want to bring you great content. I want to shout out to my homeboy Fred Hopper. He's making hot beats out there. Uh please visit his YouTube channel and support my boy when the Washington is making good content. Talk about on that golf course. Yeah, I made the sounds. Don't make it weird. Yes, he's doing great content, doing great things on YouTube. Please check him out and support my man D Haskell, doing great things. Man, Digger Jones. Oh, oh, there's so much more. I'm telling you, big things to all those people trying to do great content creation. Yes, and I'm telling you about Honey Hustle, Honey and Hustle podcast, where to talk about entrepreneurship and we are doing big moves in the community give back to those that are making great content and make sure you support where you can because it is you that are telling us you want to hear independent content creators and not those from mass media give you some good stuff to listen to i mean some good shit so we are trying to do that for you and you know just show your appreciation Please, you can do that and become an executive producer of the podcast. Yeah, there's going to be some exclusive content coming soon on the Patreon channel. So, hey, jump over to Patreon forward slash the Mavcast and support me there also. There's going to be some exclusive, exclusive, exclusive content coming your way. And I hope you enjoy it. Yeah. Now, with that said, let's get back to the podcast. Mmm. I like the beat right there. Alright guys. So (laughs) I really like that beat. Should I keep it going? Should I keep it going right there? At that level? I'm not yelling anymore, right? So let's keep it going right there. I kinda like that vibe. Yeah, so I might turn it down a little bit because it might mess up my train of thought. I'm I'm gonna try to talk on beat if (laughs) keep it on there. It's just in my blood. I can't talk. All right. Somebody meet it. Anyway, so back to the pod. Thank you for listening to the Backyard Pitmaster podcast. Oh, man. I saw my boys. Big homie Mo. That sounding weird. Ugh. Let me say that again. A homeboy Mo. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Scratch that. Yes. Saw the big homie. Mo Miller, 40th birthday party. It was awesome. I'm not editing that out, by the way. (laughs) You know, it's supposed to be live. It was my fault. Whatever. Judge me not. I didn't mean to shut up. Grow up. Anyway, so, yeah, hanging out with my homeboy and, um, you know, homeboy Tony, Desmond, his family, you know. Tony Bar's wife, I ain't seen, look, I ain't seen even people in a long time. It was awesome. It was awesome. And just hanging out. Had some good food there. That's why I'm talking about this, really. This part just really, I'm just talking about this part because it associates still with food. So if you're in the Charleston area also, I would definitely try to get to a place called Hometown Barbecue. That's where the food was catered from. Oh, man. Let me tell you. So, they had pulled pork, ribs, chicken. Let me tell you about the pulled pork and the chicken. Let me tell you about that. Good things. Don't worry. It's, it's good. It's all good. I'm not going to say anything bad. I was, yeah, I'm not going to bad. Come on. So, great party, by the way. Great party. Just just small setting. It was it was a social distance and, and COVID-protected dish atmosphere you know what i'm saying we masked up social distance we did our thing sanitize whatever so the pulled pork was in a big pan i'm talking about they had a lot of food probably still eating off of it for good reason the pulled pork was awesome so i've always said said always said that When you cook on a stick burner, like a offset that you just mainly use wood, it gives you a unique style flavor profile versus if you were to cook on a charcoal grill, a pellet grill, a propane grill is nothing, nothing like something coming off of a flame that is mainly produced by wood and it you know you could just tell and that's what most of those uh brick and mortar restaurants have when they get to that scale if you're cooking for a large amount of people the most efficient way to do it is invest in a huge 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 stick burner and we they call it stick burner because you you mainly load it with wood sticks like really chunky logs it's not like huge logs but you know it's big enough logs. You may start it, start the fire with a, a little bit of charcoal, but you're mainly burning wood. Like, even on an Outlaw, I don't know if you know what an Outlaw is, it's, it's a brand of offset cooker. Even when, if you like start that off with a, a big amount of uh, charcoal, you mainly still when like when you're reloading a fire, you're putting wood on it. You're not putting more charcoal on it. I'm just saying. So you get a different flavor off of it, and it's always a, a great thing. And you can tell if somebody made it at home, like me, <laughs> or if you get it from like a, a brick and mortar place. And and if they know what they're doing, of course, they could f it up. But a really good uh, Pitmaster that has that tool, it produces a really unique flavor, and you can really taste the uniqueness of the area where the barbecues come from. If that makes sense. So skill plus tools and the you know traditional recipe down pack boom. This was a very pleasant and slightly sweet like i don't usually like barbecued that is sweetish, but you, you got to think about you put barbecue sauce on there and it's usually sweet but it was it was kind of like there was sugar in there you, you don't know where it came in from it could have been from a like a just the rub that they used they probably just had a mixture of it. It's not like yeah, there's are little putting sugar in the damn thing. <laughs> but it had that slightly... It was perfectly balanced with everything. You didn't need sauce. I didn't put any sauce on the thing. I'm like, dang. Mm, it tastes so good, I don't need sauce. <laughs> and that's when you know you have good pulled pork. If you can eat the damn thing without sauce... Now, if you put sauce on there, you just be like, yeah, I'm doing it because I still want that amount of moisture that I usually have from the sauce because you're just used to that, you know, that consistency, that texture. But for flavor purposes, nah, nah, bro. You don't need it. Nah. It is. Nah, bro. And sis, you know I can't be leaving people out these days. i sensitive. But I mean, dude, it was, it was so great. And the other thing was. Other thing was the chicken wings, like party wings, you know, party wings are like the, the, the drummies in the flats, had those and oh man, it was like they smoked them on the stick burner still, got a little smoke on them, just enough, and then they breaded them and then they fried them because it was breaded. And then it feels like right after they put they took it out of the grease, they slapped it back into the, the smoker again. And I'm just thinking that's how the process went. I'm and I'm sounding excited as I am because it was fucking delicious. Yes, it was that good. It it had it had a little sweetness to the breading and again, it was you it was it was virtually having the flavor profile if you would have had this wing sauced with a barbecue sauce, but you didn't need it. I'm telling you, I was tearing that thing up. I went back for a couple. I was I was almost about to ask if I could take some home, but hey, everybody was tearing it up. The pulled pork was there was a lot of that left. I mean, it was just so much. Like, everything was good. I didn't get to the ribs, though. Damn it. But, man. So, yeah. I'm telling you. You you got to try um, Home Team Barbecue. I, I just had to talk about that. That was a great experience. But being back in Charleston, that was great. Seeing everybody, you know. And <laughs> I don't know how everything just touched on a a, a grilling moment, you know. It's something... It's something had to do with a grill every last you no know, moment of that trip which is weird i don't know if it was i was intentionally doing that it doesn't feel like it was but again i don't know Sub- subconsciously the brain was like "Woo, let's see about grills everything had to do with grilled grills are grilled meat yep so Let me tell you about an experience I was trying to. (laughs) It didn't work out. I'm talking about me trying to film some video for the YouTube channel to try to give like a little supplement to the audio that you get on this podcast. So I'm like, let me use my. My expensive as Samsung Galaxy S21 Ultra the Yeah that one that of but I've done reviews off of this thing with you know hey it has like four how many cameras does this thing have? I already forgot. Five cameras on it, dude. Mm. Yep, I didn't make that up. That was five cameras. On the back, <laughs> I can shoot at 8K. So the idea was maybe not shooting 8K, because that would be a huge file to try to transfer. I was going to film. I was I was just going to do like they do on YouTube videos, like have little short shots or long, you know, <laughs> long scenes, and try to chop them down to like really good like clips. And try to condense it and make it to something. I, I mean Terrence told me that uh it, it was good. it's long in the and the if I just leave it as is. the thing that messed up is <laughs> I had I had the phone on the tripod right by the Weber grill and um for whatever reason. Whatever reason. I didn't account for the fact that it was hot outside and it's a hot grill. And if the phone gets to a certain you know thing because it is trying to record you know 4k video. I didn't go to 8k, but I was still doing 4K. Look, I, I wanted it to look good at least. <laughs> and I was doing like the the, the settings for, um, you know, uh, noise cancellation and all that with the microphones on there. So the battery was working already by itself. Uh, it got to the point where the thing just powered down. is like, I can't do it anymore. The uh, camera app kept closing. I'm like, ah, man. So I lost a portion of the cook. But, you know, I just realized that if I'm going to do video off of... You know, my cooks, like, recording them. I failed at a couple of things. (laughs) I tried to, I wanted to do a live stream. Just straight up live stream. Oh, that was, that was going to be so jerry-rigged. I just got to, I got to revisit that idea. One day when I get a proper standalone camera, that can also do, like, maybe, maybe I could use a GoPro for that. But just something, I have the proper tools to do that. Also, I probably shouldn't try to um, do the action in the video and try to shoot the video with the camera. I shouldn't be, you know, in front of and behind of the camera. That is chaotic. And the, the time it takes to set up a scene. You know, I'm going to talk about this with... with um. A guy that does really nice YouTube videos, and he uses uh, a different different sets of grills, and he's very very methodical in, in how he goes through the progressions of it. Really nice guy named uh, Jeffrey, and you know, it's a lot of work. <laughs> so I wanted I wanted to talk to him about how he goes through that whole process i mean he said he likes it me that's not my jam i'm more of like sit behind the microphone and talk like this all day long editing audio oh i don't mind that but sometimes i do get a little lazy hence you know a little bit of the reason that there's a live show I also like to challenge myself in the moment. I like to feel like I'm living in that moment and give you the most genuine, um, like I don't want it to be so scripted, you know, if I do too much of editing, post editing and all of that, it seems like I'm giving you a, a watered down product and not something that's more raw and how podcasts are supposed to be. You know, podcasts are supposed to be like super raw and, you know, just organic. Some yeah, I don't know. Video is not my jam. It never was. But maybe I'll try if I have my wife be behind the camera and I'm in front of the camera just doing that. And then I would need someone... God help me because this is what I also hate about video is doing the editing. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I do sound editing for the sole purpose of I love podcasting so much. I don't like, I don't like recording video that much. I never have. I mean, I've done it for family videos, but (laughs) I mean, nope, that ain't my jam. I don't like it. Again, I, I would show it straight. How it is? No editing. I don't want to give that to you. I want to give you a good product. Not something that I would just sit back around and casually watch with you know family during the holidays. It we like, ha look at that idiot just running across the screen. <laughs> you know, you know how that is. <laughs> Boy, I sure look stupid. Did I say that back then? You know, I can't say that in these days. I get canceled. You know, stuff like that. Privately watch stuff, not publicly watch stuff nowhere. I don't want you to scratch your head and start judging me. Like you're doing now, by the way. But yes, I don't know if that's my jam. I, mm, I'll try again. I promised that I would try. I'm a trying. But the the thing that I was trying to record is the the how you trim a cowboy ribeye steak and you set it up for grilling and direct. And then doing a reverse sear, blah, blah, blah. I've done that before. Talked about it all the time. I'm, I'm not going into the detail of that, of course. I'm not going to bore you with those details. But I also wanted to show you how I did a, a shrimp stir fry using zero carb noodles. Had some zucchini, some Brussels sprouts. I had something else in there. I can't remember. I did have um, bacon in there, but that was separate. And I used a cast iron skillet. It was awesome. It's pretty darn awesome. So all I did with that, you know, I I may I may edit the video and may show it later, post it later on the YouTube. Someone will convince me eventually to edit that. Uh, I'll do it, whatever. But I'm not going to promise you it's going to be a quick turnaround. So what I wanted to show is basically putting the shrimp. You know, to season up the shrimp, it's nothing extravagant. It's just easy, easy peasy, but it gives you a really good flavor from the charcoal. So you put everything in direct, warm up the uh, cast iron skillet, maybe some bacon in there just to have a nice, you know, rendering of oil, fat, and then I put in the shrimp. And I didn't have anything directly on the heat for a long time. I just put it on the direct fire just long enough so I can maintain a certain level of heat, but not having the constant flame fire going at the skillet. Because, you know, cast iron skillets, once you get it, once it gets hot, it's holding that heat for a minute. You know, you ever, you ever tried to pick up a cast iron skillet after it's been off the burner for a, for a while? Oh yeah, that's probably the first time you burn yourself <laughs> in the kitchen. Yeah, the first time I did, I'm like, ha, ah, 20 minutes later, ow, that's still hot. So you don't have to keep it directly on the heat. I don't suggest you do that anyway. Um, but I took it and just maintained the temperature, put in the shrimp. And then it was sautéing in there. It wasn't a hard fry because the oil, I didn't want the oil to pop because you get the moisture from the shrimp because, it's you know, if you season it, it's drawing out moisture. So there's water on the exterior, blah, blah, blah. and uh, yeah, you don't want to start splashing all over the place. So you put it in at a decent temperature. The, the oil's not like like blue smoke's coming off the thing, you know? You don't have it super hot. Um, so you let that go and then you start putting in the vegetables and all that, uh, if you do it at the right method and and sequence, what you would get is shrimp that is going to be not overcooked. Now, what I would do, and that I almost forgot to tell you is that after I say, I took, I started with the bacon rendered that down, took that out. That was crisp. Put it off to the side, took the shrimp, cooked those till they were almost done. And then I took those out to put them off to the side. Now, once the shrimp were ready to take off to the side, there was a saucer brewing in, I said sauce, sauce, not salsa, but sauce (laughs) brewing in the bottom of the pan because it was I was trying to make a sauce for this, right? Took some butter, eh, took a, put whatever seasoning, extra seasoning you want in there. And I wanted there to be some liquid, some sauce that I can maintain. Put a little bit of water in there, thin it out because what you want to do is you want to cook the vegetables in there. Mm -hmm. So the zucchini and the Brussels sprouts. So, If you put it at the right level, you can get a little crispness still on the Brussels sprouts and the zucchini without cooking them to mush. I hit the point where I went too far with the zucchini, my mistake, but it was perfect on the Brussels sprouts. Just enough char on there to say, hey, I got it, but not one that resembled if I was to actually have cooked this separately. I would recommend if you want premium texture on every last thing cook it as if you were to make any other stir fry I was just trying to do all this setup and video it was overwhelming and I'm just telling you about the process that I executed this time is it the right one I'm gonna say (laughs) no I mean you got to be honest with yourself you know that wasn't my best because I was trying to focus on doing everything and not solely on the cooking. Like, if I was just solely on the cooking, it would have turned out to be awesome. I mean, I ate, we ate all of it, you know? It eventually all got eaten, minus the some of the zucchini. But, I mean, it wasn't my best. But, you know, you try and you fail. Then you get up, and then you put <laughs> next time you don't try to shoot video while you're trying to. You know, cook on the grill, and you know, it'll that's supposed to be dinner. It's not supposed to be a test. Yeah, you probably shouldn't test stuff out the first time for dinner. Lesson learned. Yep. So, what is coming up next? Ah, all right. I got to cook some ribs for a friend's birthday coming up. You know, it's a milestone birthday. Everybody's having milestone birthdays this year. Mine is next year. I ain't going to hate. I'm not hating. So I'm getting ready to prep for that. I want to have it look, you know, competition style appearance, but I don't want to have it like comp- competition style level of seasoning. What you learn once you go into rabbit holes about barbecue. And you aspire to one day be in a you know competition. I don't know if I really wanna do that though. Like from what I hear, the it's diminishing returns, at least right now, maybe you come back, but they're saying that it's not like how it was. Like the enjoyment of it. Um, but you know, it might change my mind. But yeah, it's... I don't know. This is one of those things that... <clears throat> I forgot what I was going to talk about. But anyway, yeah. Going to make some spare ribs and maybe have some... of some rib tips. And how I'm going to do it is... How I talked about the last time, I think, Um, where I just took a whole slab of spare ribs, cut it like a St. Louis style, and then you go in and size up the rib tips just right. Make sure you you don't have a lot of bone and cartilage in it, so you got to find a good, really good, even long cut of spare ribs that aren't already St. Louis cut. So I want to give them two slabs of spare ribs and some rib tips. I want to use Malcolm Reed's the barbecue rub on those, and not gonna sauce them. They don't want sauce. I don't blame them. The majority of the time, I don't. I don't want sauce in my ribs either. I do it because other people like it. And I just got used to doing it. But I traditionally don't like sauce on my ribs. So I'm like, hey. So it's, it's, it's going to be a little bit of easy in, in my book. What I like to do, you know, I've told you about this before, but minus the sauce part, <laughs> is I'm going to put in a light base of salt, pepper, garlic, and finish it with the the barbecue rub by Killer Hogs. I like what Killer Hogs does. Gives it a nice mahogany color. Really, really, really deep, rich color. And when I wrap it, I just put a lining of butter and brown sugar. That's all you do. Wrap it real tight in the foil, put it back on the grill, and then... Take it off. Let it rest. Let the let that puppy rest overnight before you even cut into them, which is the best. So I like to do those the night before. Oh, <laughs> those are the best. So when you cut into them, is it slices like butter, like butter, and then it has a nice candy, candied crust on it. Perfect, perfect bite that you go into it. Perfect slice of of meat, there's nothing hanging off of it because you let everything, let all the juices redistribute and naturally cool down. Like you don't wait an hour or you don't wait a short amount of time to, to cut into this. You let this thing rest, cool down for, I would say, as long as you can stay up. <laughs> you know how you cook roast or, or something that you know you have to you have to just like watch for a little bit before you go to bed. You know what I mean? It's like, let me just set this out here. I'm going to stay up as long as I can. Then before I go to bed, so I just don't leave it out overnight, the whole night, especially in especially in the winter because you have the heat on. Make a squeeze by if you have the AC pumping really high during the summer. Don't suggest it, though. Don't do it. But I'm just saying, don't do it. Put it in the fridge before you go to bed. Come back out. Man, cut it, cut through it with anything. I'm telling you, it's going to be a perfect bite. It's going to look like competition style ribs. <laughs> nice and shiny. I'm like, how does this happen? It's perfect. Perfectly balanced flavor all the way through. Mm. I'm, nice smoke ring. All the time. What I usually use on ribs, if I really want to have consistency, I really want to make sure I have the exact flavor I want to have, I always use cherry wood. I don't deviate from that. I don't deviate from it. I might deviate from the wood, uh, not the wood, uh, the charcoal that I use, but i tell you what, I don't deviate from the, I've tried, I tried. And every time, every time, (laughs) there's something that fluctuates different. I'm really particular about consistency. So try, fail, it doesn't matter if I go hot and fast or really low and slow and drag it out. The same product comes out at the same quality at the end if I just let it slowly rest and. Keep it wrapped, slowly rest outside in room temperature We're still wrapped. Then put it in the fridge while it's wrapped and just take it out in the morning. It's going to be cold. You're going to have to heat it up. Even if you heat it up, it's not going to overcook it. Just don't leave it in the microwave for like minutes. You know, warm it up like regular stuff. I'm telling you, if you have an air fryer, best option for you. Air fryer or toaster oven, best way to slowly heat this up. Just don't go too long on it till that it's actually it's still cooking it internally at that point, right? So it's gonna actually try to keep cooking it. It's still gonna be good. It's gonna be it's still gonna be good. You can eat the thing cold if you want. I've done all of the above. I'm telling you, the best consistent oh, I'm telling you, that's the only time I I've, uh, I'm not gonna lie. That's not the only time I ate cold ribs. But Gives you a great product. That's all I'm gonna do. Rib tips gonna do the same. I'm gonna probably keep them whole. I won't slice them until after I cook them. So I'm gonna I'm actually gonna do them just like the ribs. I'm gonna treat it, cook it just like the ribs. So I'm gonna sli- I'm gonna try to get a big slice of the rib tip. Both of them. Cooking them by themselves. So I'm probably going to have two grills going because I, I, I have the Weber Kettles. So I want, I want enough space. I don't want this to be crowded. I want to give a good product. You know what I'm saying? I got two grills for a reason. If I do need to do heavy lifting like that, it's really efficient too. It's really efficient. It's not like I'm using a whole bunch of charcoal. I'm actually not using a lot some some of the time just think about this i'm cooking it low and slow and i'm using really efficient means to do it um i've known people to cook the waste more charcoal just cooking burgers on one grill that i'm going to use to do this on two grills it just gives me the space i can it doesn't matter if the temperatures don't cook at the same time it doesn't matter i got so down with grills Um, with uh, with cooking ribs, you know, people people just have these these camps that you got to cook it real low and slow. You got to cook it real hot and fast. You you cook it, uh, you wrap it. You don't wrap it. You whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, your style is your style. Whatever style that I have, you know, it is still consistent as long as I use the same type of seasoning. Um, in the same type of wood. That's there. That's my consistency, and I can always get in a uh, right in in the in the area where I need to be. Might not be exactly the same taste, but it's going to. You know how you know how you make dishes. uh, It doesn't always taste the exact same every time, but you're like, "Ah, that's it. That's what I'm talking about. That's where you want to get at, and that's why that's why I want to get. That's what I'm gonna do. And I'm going to tell you how that turned out. So, I want to let you guys know that I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Let me bring back the music. Is that a different beat? Feels like a different beat. Feels like this is a different beat. But, i like to thank you guys for hanging out with me one more time. Let me turn it up a little bit louder. It kind of makes me feel like 90s R&B. Like, I'm about to sing to you. I'm about to let it go. I don't know what I'm about to say, so I'm about to say Hell no. (laughs) So I'm having fun. So I would like to thank you for tuning in to the Backyard Pitmaster Podcast. It's all because of you and why I do this. I like to entertain you, inform you, and enlighten you. Oh, that downbeat was dope. I didn't even plan that. So... If you'd like to support the podcast, please do so at anchor.fm forward slash the Mathcast forward slash support. Follow me on the Twitter at Charlie Maverick. And as always, I want to thank you for tuning in to the podcast and the podcast channel is always trying to give you some dope stuff to listen to and view hopefully in the future be great stay masked up stay safe and stop hating on the unvaccinated i'm just saying everybody don't have to be mad all the time let's chill out we on the same side be good god bless and i'm out oh i like that that's dope